Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life Fellowship Church in Queens, New York City. And I'm joined again by, with Pete and Jerry Scazzaro. And we're, today we're going to talk about leading out of your marriage, part two. And uh, last time we talked, we, we talked about a number of things. And as a young leader, one of the things that impacted me most and has impacted me most over the past year in particular has been seeing marriage as my ambition. Uh, when I think about ambition, I typically don't associate it with marriage. I tend to think about how can we reach more people for Christ? How can we grow the church? How can we add more leadership? But when I first heard about the concept of your marriage should be your ambition, it was a total paradigm shift. So much so that I began to look at my wife Rosie differently in the morning, thinking about how can I make my goal for the day uh, make, make sure that she is loved and feels, uh, understand that she's lovable. And so uh, that deeply impacted me, and I'm sure it's deep, deeply impacting many leaders. And today we're going to talk beyond just ambition, we're going to talk about uh, affirmation and sex. And uh, these two things significantly impact the leader's life. Yes. And, and, and I'd like you to just talk a little bit about that, Pete and Jerry, just how does this impact uh, the leader's life in particular. So let's just start with that question yeah. there. How does affirmation in your marriage in particular, and then this idea of sex and sexuality impact what's happening on a Sunday morning or throughout the course of the week? Okay, good. Before I said, let me just build on that ambition point. I think it is so important. Part of what's been a real turning point for me uh, has been prayer. Now we know God answers prayer, and he sure wants answers prayers that reflect what's on his heart. Adding the prayer piece to pray for and her be my first ambition, praying for passion, praying for a marriage every day, has really been transformative for me. Mm -hmm. And so I have a little prayer that I carry in my wallet, which I pray, you know, for us, for Jerry and I every week and every day. And it goes like this, Lord, grant me the strength to answer your call to be a living sign of your love. Make my love for Jerry to be like your love for her. Passionate, permanent, intimate, unconditional and life-giving. And may I be as present to her as you are, O Lord, so that all the world might know your manifest presence through our love for each other. And Lord, may, then it says, help us both stay close to you, you know, through, and nourish our love through your love, mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen to and that. It's <laughs> but it's a big prayer, because to be as present to her as Christ is, yeah. uh, I've got a million things in my mind when I come to church, like today, and it's just so easy to not be present to her. What has praying that prayer daily, taking out of your wallet, you, you memorize a, a bunch of it, what has that done for you as you think about your days, think about your leadership? Well, it's my, it's my prayer before I pray for the church. Mm. That's probably the, you know, that's a, that's a bit, that, that alone is a big decision. And I think God is just granting greater grace um, for me, I realized to hopefully grow in being a better husband. I, I, I see the difference in myself, uh, the fact that I'm praying this every day, and I hope my wife is seeing this <laughs> too. I am. <laughs> Good, or else we're going to have to start this whole thing over again. <laughs> so uh, that's ambition. Jerry, we're going to talk a little bit more about affirmation. Mm -hmm. And could you just give us an idea as to what have you discovered yeah. over the past year the power of affirmation as it pertains particularly to your marriage and how it overflows now mm -hmm. into your leadership and to the church. Right. 
Well, um, you know, I quit blaming. <laughs> you quit many things. I've quit many things. But I, I didn't realize I didn't quit criticism. Mm. And I, I really had a conversion experience through just new eyes of, I think, understanding um, the, the, the importance and the supernatural power of affirmation. Mm. And so the principle is you will find what you're looking for. If you look for flaws, you will find them. And so it's very easy to, to criticize your spouse. I mean, you're living in a very intense relationship and uh, depending on how your family did it, et cetera, et cetera. But you'll basically, you'll find what you're looking for. If you look for the good, you'll find that too. And so I made a commitment. I, first of all, I acknowledged and really had my eyes open to how critical I can be. Even though I quit blaming Pete for things, there was still criticism that was coming out of me or even out of my spirit. And, but when I had, was really had new eyes to see the, all the incredible, um, the incredible person he is, the incredible gifts he has, the incredible way God has made him, um, there really, there isn't even time to criticize them mm. if you're looking for the good. And as I began to do that, it, it was transformative to him, to my daughters, but it, most importantly, I just had to practice it here. Mm. You know, forget everybody else. This is the most important thing. If I'm doing it here, it'll overflow. But even in our relationship, even in his life personally, it, it, I saw the transformative power of how it drew us closer, how he experienced it himself and his personhood. And then I had to ponder, why is this so powerful? Hmm. I mean, really, it's like, it felt like magic, but it's not magic, it's, it's God's supernatural power. And I think it's because God, when you affirm, you are actually exercising the power of God in you towards another mm. human being. You're actually seeing them the way God sees them. Wow. I mean, I think one of God's primary identities, if that's how I can say it, is he's an affirming God. One of his God's qualities, very closest to who he is, is he's affirming. Mm. And so when we start affirming our spouse, it is like they're, they're receiving God's love. Mm. And it's, it has a transformative power that I had not experienced, and it was wonderful. And how about then receiving affirmation? Which here's also the, a well, well, here's the other thing. That's right. And I always, Pete would always say wonderful things about me to me. But I was like, oh, he has to say that because I'm his spouse, <laughs> you know? But the truth is we do not see ourselves objectively. Think about it. You can't see yourself unless you look in a mirror. We can't see ourselves. We really actually need others to reflect who we are in a sense. Um, and you know, there's been little tests done where, um, what do you call those, the artists? Forensic tests. Forensic artists have painted people uh, based on the description of a stranger and then based on the description of the person themselves. That they're, paint, that they're drawing. Right. Yes. The stranger's portrait is more accurate than the person's description of themselves. Mm. And so I realized... The person describing themselves always saw a lot more flaws in themselves exaggerated. Yeah. And it was so interesting to look at the two people mm. because their caricature, caricature yeah. of themselves was really off balance. But also, but as I listen to Pete, I'm listening to the person who knows me as, as much as God. Yes. It, it, 
at least as much as God knows me. Mm. And I made a decision to, to really begin to be present with any affirmation he says to me as it is, it's his voice and it's the voice of God to me mm. and to believe it. I have now chosen to truly believe what he says when he's affirming me to really take it into my heart. Yeah, in fact, you know, we mentioned this at the leaders conference uh, and it hit me for the first time that there's many reasons we did succession here at New Life where you now became the lead pastor after 26 years. And I think part of the reason that I was able to do it is because my identity mm. is not grounded in being yeah. a lead pastor. Mm. Um, I, I am grounded in Christ, but I think with that, I'm grounded, I'm the husband of Jerry, and I'm, I'm experiencing an affirmation here mm. and a love here that the church can't give me. Mm. There's nothing in the world that can give me that, and so therefore... Or do you need? You don't... I don't yeah, a lot I, of times we go looking for that affirmation and validation in other places, but we're really yeah. meant to have it here, mm. if we have it here, you don't have to get it other places. And so I think there's a, there's a healthy freedom in that, yeah. of, of detachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there are some leaders that are watching right now, maybe some married couples that are watching this together right now. <clears throat> As we think about cultivating yeah. that affirmation in our marriages, what are just a couple of things that uh, come to mind as we think about moving towards that, moving towards affirmation and away from criticism? What are a couple of things that people can start thinking about applying by the end of this little right. video here? Yeah. Well, you see, affirmation looks different for the two of us. Part of the way I affirm, my, my, it's probably been easier for me to do it verbally. And I wouldn't consider you a critical person, uh, but there has been a significant difference. Uh, but I think from my affirmation comes in being present, being thoughtful, mm. uh, whether it's you know getting home early or helping cook, cooking a meal, uh, you know, not getting distracted and consumed in other things. And so my affirmation comes in, I think, a lot of not just words, but it's actions that I, I specifically do. But it's all, it also, I think, to, to become a practice, to become a spiritual formation practice, we have an intentional time when we're in one another's arms in bed at night where we, where we say to each other mm. words of affirmation. So it's, we're very, there's also it's a very intentional. Practice. It's a very intentional time. It and is. that I say to him, I begin, okay, what, what, you know, I recall my day and things that I'm reminded of about him and I begin to just affirm mm. him yes. and he does me. So there is very intentional time um, because we really wanted this to become uh, a formation practice. We had to be intentional about it. Mm. And what better time than when we are lying in one another's arms in bed at night. Yeah. And so we very intentionally cultivate a passionate marriage and a passionate sexuality because God's passionate for us. God's love for us isn't just, I have, I'm loyal to you, but it's passionate. And so... Right. He didn't just die to be friends with us. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's dancing over us, as the church fathers used to say, you know, the peri caressas. He, he, he's wild for us. He dances over us. And so our marriage is to reflect that quality of passion. Mm. And so that's why sexuality and leadership are so tightly related. Uh, and so we're very intentional practice of cultivating a healthy sex life and a great sex life out of which we lead the church. And our, again, our union of bodies is, a re, is, a, is probably the closest thing on earth to Revelation 19 to 22 where be in, when we're going to see Jesus face to face and we're in union with him. Mm. And there is no marriage in heaven because we'll all be married to him. Yeah. But earthly marriage is a pointer to that marriage which will be uh, for which Christ died. And that's why... Uh, it's 29 years. I mean, I 
we're, we are passionately yeah. but crazy also, for each our, other. Our whole, our whole life, uh, our marriage life, and our, our fl everything flows from our sexuality. Mm. Yes. Um, which, be because it's in that place of union that so much is being communicated. All the nakednesses come together. The spiritual nakedness, the emotional nakedness, and the yes. physical nakedness are our commitment. We're renewing our vows. There's so much happening through that body language. Yes. And of course, words as well. But, and then it's, it's out of that union, um, not just physically, but hearts. That yes. Again, that exquisite oneness and unity and that our lovable, we're experiencing our lovability and our lovableness out of which we live our lives. Yes. And we're giving to each other in that union also the messages God wants to give us. Yes. We're God and skin for one another saying, I want to be one with you. I yes. want to love all of you. I want you in me gospel. and me in you. It's the gospel. It is the gospel. Yeah. That's why sexuality is so central to any Christian leader's life. Yes. And actually, and we, we're very, we were in Ecuador last week. We were able to say, we're here birthing. Get whatever we have to give you, it's flowing out of the love of our marriage. And so we're very aware of birthing out of the overflow of our cup of love for each other. So uh, just last question here. This is massive stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. It is. But what are just a, a couple of implications of living this for uh, the pastor, for the leader that's watching this? Yeah. Uh, cultivating that affirmation in their marriage. What are the implications now for your leadership? We don't typically think about this of growing as a leader. Yeah, it's true. But what are some of the implications of doing what you're talking about today? I think every, most Christian leaders understand deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Death. Mm. But, and it, it is a death to be married. Um, and so, but I think most leaders many times are dying to the wrong things. Mm. So don't be dying to an intimate marriage. Mm. Uh, uh, do what you need to do to cultivate that. Get mentors or counselors, someone who can really help you nurture an intimate, a deeply intimate marriage because that is God's primary intention mm. for you if you're married. Mm. That's good. I think an implication is uh, to get help to have a great marriage. I, I know for myself, uh, we, were, I was, we were married eight years. I was 17 years a Christian. The idea of going to a professional counselor to help me grow in my marriage was very humiliating. I felt embarrassed. I felt shamed. I should know this. And no, I think that you know, pastors and leaders, this is part of our training and development. Right. So I, I, I would encourage mm -hmm. you that uh, don't be ashamed. This is about discipleship. This is about being mentored. You don't have to have problems, big problems, right. to go to a marriage counselor. But it's part of your investment to become a great leader. Mm. So I would encourage every pastor and leader to get invested, investment in your marriage. Look for conferences. Look for great counselors. But you want to have a great marriage. Mm. And that gets, that's part of your work. I mean, that is your first work. And so you put money into it, time into it. It doesn't get the dregs. Yeah, yeah. So this is our first work to have wonderful, thriving, flourishing, loving marriages. And for, for more information on leadership and on cultivating this kind of marriage, you can go on our website, emotionallyhealthy.org. See you next time.